we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? Yeah, you told us. I don't ever bring you guys around me. Let me tell you something. the only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast, part of the Buttered Pop Network. It's Eddie Estrada here once again with my co-host, Army Armstein. Arms, how you doing? I'm good, Eddie. That's a new one. I know. I just thought I'd, you know, I'd bring it out. Um, you're fresh off a of birthday, so it's a new year, new you. Gotta new nickname. You nickname. I like it. <laughs> I like the sound of it. Uh, That's very everyone- uh, in the New York vibe because... There's Sonia, Sonia, Sonia Rita. There's Ramona, Ramona Coaster. Um, there's Lou, Luann, the Countess, delusional. delusional. <laughs> like the n- nicknames abound in NYC. I love giving nicknames. I love giving you different nicknames. I think I'm gonna like. I'm gonna start brainstorming, and and every time I'm gonna throw something new in there now. I like the sound of that. There's Eddie. There's EE. There's, There's E3, E4, E5, E5 6. <laughs> all my different, like, uh, stages know. of life, right? Exactly. All my different, like, pop star personas, generations that I've had. And I love how um, you, like, took 20 years to get through EE1, but in the last, like, six <laughs> years, you've gone through, like, nine levels. It's like, it's like, yeah, I've been through, like, nine different versions of myself <laughs> in the last, like, five years, but it was, like, 20 years for EE1, and it was, like, the phoenix finally emerges and then he's like, ah, let's play. It's like in the good place where they keep doing the reset button on the Derek. I'm slowly becoming a better, a better Eddie. He's resetting, resetting, resetting. I'm resetting soon. I'm going to be this omniscient being that's just like, hello (laughs) world. This is 7 billion and 800. Um, I like the sound of that. We are getting so crazy and so out of it. We need to talk about our girl. Kind of like this episode. Kind of like this episode. It was in fashion week, but it was everywhere else. That had to do with Fashion Week. Um, watching this episode made me really, really want to go to Fashion Week. I'm, you know me. I'm not. I a think you would love it. I think I would, but I, I'm not a fashionista. I just think of the energy. It's like it's that feeling of being there and the excitement. I think I would like more so than like, ooh, that's a good piece. Because famously, like famously, I watch Project Runway. I watch all the all the fashion shows, making the cut on Amazon, and I watch it with Kelsey my roommate who's been on the podcast a few times and she is literally a fashionista. She knows fashion front to back. She knows all the designers. She's like so well versed in it. We watched the show and I'm like, Ooh, I love that piece. And she's like, no. And like literally, <laughs> and, all, and then it goes to the judges and the judges like that piece was terrible. And she's like, told you. And I was like, I thought it was cute. And so it's literally, if you watch project Runway with me, just know whatever I choose, they're going to lose. Right. <laughs> because I have no sense in fashion. <laughs> At the very least you're, Pointing towards some vision. The vision may be bad, but at least it's not one of the... It's, it's not a like unique a, vision. Yeah, it's not a vision that is like middling and boring. You know, it's going to be out there. It's going to be taking chances and it's probably going to end up on the bottom. Uh, we actually had a Project Runway crossover in this in this episode. We we did. Yeah, um, Darrow Sparrow. Which was the, the show that Tinsley walked in, which was avant-garde, yep. big, like ball gown like dress weird things like not like weird things but it was just a different i'm not gonna say weird 
just, just like his fashion during his season. And he actually ended up in the top. I think he was the weakest uh-huh. of the designers in the top. Um, but he he made it far, you know, and that that was his style, avant-garde, ballroom sort of stuff. It was the perfect Tinsley show. It seemed like yep. something that she would wear all the time. So she fit perfectly in it. And I, this is what I also loved, though. I loved Leah and everyone else talking about how this is quintessential Tinsley. This is the Tinsley I remember. I famously told you that I remember Tinsley when she was in It Girl. I watched her on Gossip Girl. I saw her in the magazines. I watched her reality show. Like, I feel like I had a very, very similar experience to Leah growing up and seeing Tinsley Mortimer. Like, this is Tinsley. And I loved that they acknowledged that. I loved that she's getting back into this world because she was shining. You could just tell she was happy. She felt at peace, even though her mom didn't like her hair. It did not matter. <laughs> Oh my gosh. When Dorinda was pretending to scoop out her brains with a knife while listening to Tinsley. You know I talk about Dorinda with a knife ever. Do not put a knife next to Dorinda. I mean, she infamously stabbed herself. Oh my gosh. No more no more tequila for you. Um don't put Dorinda around anything that's sharp or flammable when she's drunk because she also put her face in fire when she was wasted. Remember that? And then she also almost chopped off her hand when she was drunk. Maybe, so maybe, nothing, maybe nothing the, dangerous. Maybe the maybe the new thing is maybe just don't give alcohol to Sonia or Dorinda when there are dangerous situations afoot. <laughs> no, it, it, exactly. So I mean, it's sort of like the axiom that you don't operate heavy machinery when drunk, including a car. Probably don't operate sharp knives or flammable Flammables. items either. Um, but yeah, that was a hilarious moment. I'm sure we'll talk about that when we talk about the brunch Oh, we scene. will. We'll, we're going to get to um, that brunch scene. But yeah, no, you're spot on. I mean, that's Tinsley's scene. Sort of like it's your scene. I think Tinsley also enjoys the fashion, unlike you. Um, I, mean, I guess you enjoy the fashion. You're, you're just not I mean, I know. I enjoy it. it. Um, I'm just, I don't think I'm like, I, it, I enjoy it. I appreciate it. But I'm not going to be like, oh, this is the one I have to get. Like, oh, I know exactly where they pulled inspiration from. Like, that's not me. But I think you I'm touched like, on something important. Fun. Like, I think Tinsley's there just as much for the scene as she yeah. is for the fashion, right? Because it is a scene. There's a lot of celebrities. I'm sure there's a lot of great cocktails. It's, you know, <laughs> it's a social moment, right? And see, yeah. she is famously a socialite. So uh, I think that's why you would enjoy it too, Eddie. You would enjoy the cocktail parties and it's the really, networking. It's funny because when I was watching this episode, I, I turned um, and I was like, I remember when Tinsley was like a Tinsley with Tinsley Parasol and like I heard socialite like these were the girls and I was like that's a career I could have and then I realized that socialite's <laughs> not a career and that I can't make a living being a socialite and then I was like entertainment it is <laughs> well it's called being an influencer now exactly exactly and yeah. I'm not one of those either so <laughs> um well Tinsley sadly. uh you know has done a fairly good job of making a living being an influencer socialite whatever you want to call it um, but let's talk yeah, about I, uh, the Pamela Rowland fashion show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> First of all, uh, uh, let's talk about, we're starting from the beginning of the show because there's a lot I have to pick through and go through. I watched this episode twice. I watched it kind of drunk the first night and then I watched it again sober. Um, it's been, it's been a quarantine. Is it, be- is been, it better I've, drunk or sober? I... It was fantastic both ways, but I, I got more information sober than I. I was like, that happened. Like that checks out. What you know? I'm like ah. Oh. I was like, I was definitely way too in my into my margarita during at, at that scene. Especially with Roni, there are so many things that happen in a minute 
a New York that minute. are so quick. It's such a, a quick New York minute. I see what you did there. It's such a quick show. Like it's not like Beverly Hills. Like I, I hate to always contrast these two shows, but that's what I, I, lo- know, I love I know. to do. Um, I feel like it's just like a part of what I do now. Um, but like part of who you are, you're like in Beverly Hills. <laughs> like Beverly Hills gives you too much room to breathe. Like it, it'll just be like still shots of Beverly Hills, like montages of Rodeo Drive for like 15 minutes, and it's like let's just get to the show. But Roni, it's like Sonia and Ramona will get into an argument. Um, Dorinda will stab herself with a knife. Tinsley will be talking about how her mom needs her to get married and have a baby within the next nine months. And uh, Luann will be hitting on a man. And all of that will be happening at the exact same moment in the, in the same scene within the same minute. Like exactly. It's so it's intense. So much, so yeah. much happens and, it and it all happens so quickly. So yeah, I, I understand that, but I feel like all that energy um, also makes for a good drunk watch. It does. <laughs> but you it, just miss but, a lot. <laughs> well, I tested my first drunk watch with Roni when I watched, um, the episode last week, um, which was kind of, I was just playing the part of Leah. Um, T torches are bullshit. I was trying to be Leah. And then I actually came on the podcast almost Leah level um, last week because I was really, I have gotten really good at my margaritas, but let's talk about the Pamela Roland show because I let's dive back into this. It began with Ramona famously doing what she does, which is kicking other people out of pictures to get the pictures she wants by herself for her Instagram. This woman is trying to take a photo with the designer, Pamela Rowland, and this other lady is trying to get in the photo with her. You know, clearly it's promotional photos. It's a photographer. They're trying to get, you know, and Ramona's like, no, no, no. I want one. One for my Instagram. Just me and her. And the girl lady keeps trying to get in. And I'm sorry, but this just gave me flashbacks to when I don't know if you've seen the video, but I don't know where it was, but it was Giselle Bryant and Ramona and Ramona's like pushing Giselle Bryant like out of the photo. And I'm like, I think it was in the Hamptons or something. Yeah, I was going to reference that too. Yep. And it was just one of those things where it's like, the more and more I watch Ramona, I used to joke and be like, I'm like Ramona. No, Ramona is so far regressed in herself that she is such a child and so rude, so selfish, so narcissistic. And it's becoming almost like I do enjoy Ramona, but at some points it's like almost getting frustrating to watch because it's like that old, like, I don't know, like that old annoying like person. And you're like, you, yeah, I get that you're in your 60s and that we need to treat elders with respect, but not when you're acting like a 15-year-old brat. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I respect those older than me because they have wisdom, they have grace, they have a certain, like, you know, something that makes me want to respect them. If you're acting like a child, I'm not going to respect you like a child, Ramona. You're gonna you're acting like you're 22 and you're going to be treated like you're 22. It's disgusting. Well, let's, let's not... Uh paint 22 year olds with a broad brush here because clearly you know i I wasn't great at 22 right you weren't um but not all 22 year olds are the same and i think not all of our elders are the same and in this case ramona is let's not call her a child let's call her what she is and that's a social climber yeah she's a social climber she is status hungry and she'll do anything like you said for that perfect photo op for her instagram yeah She'll push anybody out of the way, literally or figuratively. You know, as we know, last season, she wouldn't even invite her best friends to her own birthday party because the birthday party she was throwing was all about her high status, elite, friends. high society friends. That still makes me mad. Ooh, my blood's boiling. So that's just who Ramona has become. She's become a status-hungry, status-obsessed person. Uh, well, uh, that carries over. I mean, 
into the show, she's very excited because they've gotten front row great seats at this Pamela Rowland show. Um, and, you know, they as much as they're excited to be in this front row, everyone's acting wrong. You've got <laughs> Ramona, who, before the show even starts, before they sit down, starts screaming, not screaming, but, like, confronting Tinsley about last week at the Hamptons for getting pasta sauce on her bedsheet and trying to hide it with a magazine, which... I'm with Tinsley. I'll buy you a new bed sheet. I clearly I wasn't gonna be able to wash the sheets myself. It probably could have come out in the wash. Oh, easily. Like, chill it's out. Like, if if I had my friends over to my like like vacation house, we were partying hard, like we do. Um, and someone brought like a burrito or pasta in their bed and gets pasta sauce on the sheets and like okay, there's pasta sauce on the sheets and I'm doing the sheets and everything. Okay, that's fine. That's like that's part of what comes with the territory of inviting someone to your space. I feel like Ramona expects like, like was said, expects when these people to come to her house, she expects them to clean it, fix it, to like do everything for her. They're like not house guests. They're almost like house workers. Yeah. I mean, all weekend long, she was asking everyone else to set the table, everyone else to clean the table. And she would sit there drinking her vodka sodas. Like that's the, that's the opposite of hosting. Like and, yes. and you know this, Eddie. When I host, oh my gosh, I bring out waters for anyone, or if they like a different drink, I bring out a drink for everyone. I set the table, and I cl- and then I clean the table. No, just so everyone knows, Armin and Camille, both of you guys, are some of the best hosts. Thank you. Ever, you guys are so welcome. Your hospitality is insane, and like even if you try to help, they won't let you. Like they no. will literally be like, no, 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 no. We like, invited you, you over. We didn't invite you over to then do hard labor. That's not inviting someone over. That's not a good invitation. It's like, nope, you gotta work. You gotta work. And but that's Ramona's vision of inviting yes. someone over. Oh, I'm yeah. inviting them over, and now I feel burdened. No, if you if you're gonna feel burdened by inviting someone over, then don't invite them over. Okay, but in her mind. She feels burdened by it, so she's going to make you put in the work so it doesn't feel like she actually had anyone over. Yeah. Okay, you're not a good host at all. You're just Terrible. selfish. But that's yeah. Ramona. Like, this is classic Ramona. This is the Ramona coaster. This is the stinger singer. Um, yeah, that was ridiculous. She also made it sound way worse than it was. Yeah. Like, you would have thought there was, like, a huge stain of It was literally, sauce. like, a driplet. You could barely see it. And then her being mad about like the lacroix or whatever, like on the shelf, like get over it. Toss that in the recycle. Like it's, it's nothing. It's a can. It's a stupid can. Ramona was making such a big deal out Out of of it, and she ripped off light fixtures. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is like this woman is the biggest hypocrite I think I've ever met. I've never met her either. And she was saying it. It wasn't a big deal when she did that. Remember? Yeah. um, Clearly, it's a big deal when it's. Roles are reversed. Exactly. That's all I gotta say. Um, but let's talk about who was really acting a foul um, at this <laughs> um, Pamela Rowland show. And that is none other than Sonia Morgan, who decided to make the Pamela Rowland show her new um, WeWork space. It's going to be, um, it was only <laughs> free. Um, she was given a ticket. Um, I was appalled that someone could be this inconsiderate and rude in a live event. I have been to shows before movies, whatever. And you have someone in like a back row who pulls out their phone or I went to like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I went to the Nutcracker with my brother and he checked his eye watch at one point just cause you know, it was like kind of, he kind of like covered it and did it. 
but we were in the very back. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Sonia Morgan, the lights were on. She was front row center. Best seat in the house. Best seat in the house. Glasses on. One finger type in. Oh, I found it. I found it. I found a model. I found a model. Like, speaking out loud what she's texting to the point where Victoria Justice and Catherine McPhee, who are sitting behind her, kept turning around and giving her dirty looks. If Victoria Justice gives you a dirty look and Catherine McPhee is giving you the icy stare, it's time to rethink your actions, Sonia Morgan, because those ladies are the epitome of class. I'm I'm joking, clearly, but... I I had, like, stages in in my thought process on this. At first, I'm like, okay, this is terrible. And then I'm just cringing because it's just such a cringe moment. But then I'm like, this is beautiful. This is just beautiful reality TV, and it's Sonia continuing her masterclass performance. That's the thing, I love chaos. And and while it was always cringe, like I don't think it was ever not cringe. I was like, oh my god, Sonia, like please stop. But then at the same time, you're just appreciating the masterclass of a performance that Sonia is giving. Ugh, just chef's kiss. I mean, only Sonia could not only do that, but do it without shame. Yeah, I think the shamelessness of it is what makes it even better and funnier. Um, because if yeah. she was embarrassed, you would kind of you would start to feel bad. And it would all just yeah. start to feel like a really sad, a depressing weird, moment, yeah. right? But Sonya doesn't give a shit. <laughs> She's like, nope, I have a show. I have a show. I have to think about my show. Um, but still, I, I'm dying at how that was less worse than Leah not showing up at all. Is it? Is it? Do you think it's less worse? I almost feel like it's worse to be there and be very obviously on your oh, phone. No, I think it's. I think it's way worse what Sonya did. I just am shocked the ladies were like, okay, so that that was Sonya. Lee, I cannot believe you were at the show. Pamela was so upset that you weren't at the show. You know why, though? Because you can't shame Sonia. Yeah. If you can't make Sonia feel bad, what's the point? Exactly. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I hate to say it. Like, even uh, when they were at the brunch table and they're all trying yeah. to tell Sonia to just sit there and enjoy brunch, like, Sonia blows up at them. They also know, like, Sonia's a ticking time bomb at any given moment. So they don't want to get into it with Sonia, right? Which she does blow up. Which, right. She blows up. Bo- so, like, why bo- even deal with that? No, let's just, like, shame Leah because. We know we can at least get somewhere with Leah. I mean, if Melissa Gorga and Lala Kent could show up to the <laughs> Pamela Rowland show, Leah should have been able to, too. Um, but I, I, I love seeing other Bravo Lebs in the background of Bravo shows now that it's all like this whole like Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, oh, the BCU is so great. This was probably the, B- the most crossovered event of an of any episode, right? Like... Because you, you had Project Runway with Garo Sparrow. Okay, yes. I think you're right. Vanderpump so Rules and yeah. Ronj. That's three shows. I think you're right. I think you are. I was going to say, because we usually only have like one show visiting another, but that's three shows connected. Three shows. Interesting. That's that's a sweet life of Hannah Montana. Remember those? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I wasn't was watching like, Disney at that point. Oh, I was a big That's a Sweet Life of Hannah Montana Um <laughs> kid and i was probably 14 years old um so um moving forward um yes they go to this brunch after the pamela roland show um leah's meeting them there because she wasn't at the show because she was having a conversation with her um dad um and we saw a scene as well where she was talking with um her baby daddy slash right friends partner kind of situation um she had not drank for nine years prior to coming on the show. She's had a history um, with substance abuse. 
Um, she's very open about that and she's very open about her recovery. Um, she, her issues weren't specifically with alcohol, but she said like, you know, every once in a while you have a, a bad night and it's like, I got to reel it back. I've definitely been there. I've definitely had those moments. I had, I had a night when I was, I think like right after I graduated college senior year where I, I didn't drink for like four months. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I was so like, I was like, I, you know, you have a bad night and you're like, eh, I'm good for a bit. Um, so it's been nine years and she's made the decision to begin drinking again. Um, I think partly because she's on the show and kind of surrounded by these women. Um, and it seems that her mother and her partner or baby daddy or whatever are not too pleased with this idea. Her mom's refusing to speak to her and her um, Rob, her daughter's father is like, you know, I don't think it's a great idea that you're stepping back into this. And I want you to like, understand that like you could lose everything. And she's makes the argument. Like I, I myself know my own limits, my own, you know, issues. And I, I wouldn't risk anything that would take everything that I have here, which I think is fair. I think she at this point is an adult, she can make the decision to say, Hey, I'm successful. I've come up from where I was before. I need to understand that maybe I can't drink the way I used to, but maybe she can find moderation and come back into it in some way. I, I kind of am on her side a little bit, even though I understand where her family is coming from. I think they are playing the role that I think even Leah expects them to play. Yeah. Right. They're protective of her and they're looking out for her. And I think they're just expressing caution. So for them, it doesn't seem like a good idea. They've seen the worst of it. Um, but at the same time, I think if they see it, it work, they'll probably be fine with it, right? Yeah. They're, they're just being you know overly cautious because they love her. Um, they love her daughter, obviously. And they just want to make sure you know everything works out okay. So yeah, I mean, I feel like that's just like par for the course for family, right? Yeah. And I mean... We've all experienced it. Like sometimes the people around you, like they'll they could be like overly protective of you because they worry for you. It's all out yeah, of love. It's all I, out of love. I do think no, though, like I, icing someone out in that moment is probably not the best move, right? Like to, yeah. to fully ignore them, um, because that could actually maybe lead someone to spiral out of control if suddenly one of those people that you're dependent on decides to fully cut you out. Yeah. Um, but I suspect it's temporary. Yeah, I'm sure she's just maybe trying to get into it. And I think maybe she's upset that she was so, like, casual about it as well because she, like, texted her mom that she was drinking again. I mean... I think Ramona was right. Maybe not text that. Hey, hey, I emailed my parents to come out. So, you know, everyone has their own journey. True. Fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm not actually kidding. That's a true story. But, um, (laughs) uh, but, well, I just, you know, I understand why Leah didn't want to go to the show. I think the woman have to understand that as well i think if and they understood it yeah they just, they just needed if, to grill her until she gave them the story you know until, yeah until they gave her the truth i did love sonia having a meltdown and having like the panic attack and having to go like sit at the other table to like get stuff done this is so me it was disgusting like this is like no 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 one talk to me i can't do anything else right now okay i'm leaving i have, I have a show to put on i'm leaving I, you know what i'm trying to pull off here nobody else could get when, the sponsors nobody else could get the free stuff that i could get no, you have no idea. As an assistant, I've been an assistant in roles for a few times in my life. This is this mindset, this panic mode, 
happened to me in every job I had because sometimes it's down to the wire and you're the only one. You're the only one who could do it. You're the only one who has the contacts. You're the only one who has like the things. And it's like, it's game time. So I understand why she was panicking even more so after seeing her staff. Let me talk to you, first of all. First of all, first of all, first of all. Let's get, okay, let's get into Sonia's fashion show. Wait, can I just quickly say though, like Leah talks about that very like difficult predicament that she's in with her mother and even her ex who she co-parents with very successfully right and how she's yeah. getting back into drinking and it's it's created this like really emotional time for her family and intensely goes oh i totally get it i totally understand like oh my, God. my mom wanted me to wear my hair curly or whatever it was and like i wanted to wear my hair this way and we got into this whole argument and i love how like she's popping off, right? And yeah. and the editors just kind of like mute her for the most part. Like they leave her, but they drown her out. <laughs> and they focus on Dorinda, who's who's just mocking her by like turning to Leah of all people. Like Leah's Tinsley's greatest ally, but even oh, Leah no, agrees with is, her in this, this moment. This is the moment I was like, these two are friends now. They mm-hmm. clicked over there, like really Tinsley. Because like D- Dorinda starts to go, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna scoop out my brain with this knife right now because. Tinsley, that is so petty. It's just, it, it's so minuscule compared to what Leah's going to. And I'm not trying to devalue your curly hair versus straight hair argument with your mom. But like at the same time, like you, you have to yeah. understand that the, the scale, the severity yeah. of what Leah's going through doesn't compare at all to, to this little tiff you had with your mother, which is irrelevant it's frankly it's so irrelevant so meaningless and it it reminds me kind of of a few weeks ago when they were at the winery and Ramona was talking about how she felt all alone in life and she didn't know what direction she was going in and intensely goes oh what direction do you think I'm going in huh like how do you think I feel like I don't even have I don't even have a kid and it's like sometimes you have to let other people express themselves without you know having to basically one-up them (laughs) Yeah, she's basically exactly. being a story topper, but with, sadly, like, not, with not story topping stories. <laughs> exactly, it's like, uh, and it seems that she's so like out of touch with the other Very. ladies, and that's the thing too. Is like, I think this is where I kind of feel for Tinsy a little bit, where I like, I feel like she's trying to comprehend, she's trying to understand, but she's just so her world is so different that it's like the only way she can like in her mind connect like how she would feel in Leah's which is like my mom with my hair is the same like that's that's how it has to work for her because that's her only frame of reference that's what's funny to me and I guess this is a trait of narcissism it's not like the only way to connect with another person is by relating it to your own story like you could connect with other people in different ways but I feel like Tinsley feels that her only way to connect with another person is by like making it all about her well yeah like how she has some similar story and it's like tinsley just let at least in this moment let someone have their moment well like we see this with tinsley we see this with sheena and we see this with me it's the only (laughs) way we can relate to other people is by telling our own stories (laughs) kind of true no but you give other people the space sometimes eddie you do i like to let other people shine sometimes you do tinsley everything has to be about tinsley and that at least you true. have better stories than whether your hair is curly or straight. Yeah, that's true. I have I'm my least my stories are more Leah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, that's also a reason I think I really like Leah is because I feel like I'm really connecting to her. I'm like this girl gets it. Like this girl 
gets it. You also uh, connect with everybody famously. Shh, don't tell any, <laughs> don't don't tell Leah that. Uh, before we get to Sonia's, because I feel like we need to end with Sonia's, because that was the whole that's the whole thing I want to get into. I really quickly want to touch on Dorinda and John. Ooh, yeah. Before we get into Donia, before we get into Donia, I just said, <laughs> oh my god, wow, my brain is going on this quarantine. Um, Dorinda is having an issue with John because she feels like the only time she sees John is at events, and John is more interested in going to these events and going to these parties and being out than spending time with her. She's upset because she feels like the only time that John wants to hang out with her is when they're at these events together. Um, And even when they are together, he's leaving her to go to events, which she's upset about. Um, She feels like the relationship is deteriorating. And John even left her the other night to go to some event and because Dorinda didn't want to go and Dorinda made some comment that that I thought had a lot of truth to it. She was like, you must not be happy with me if you prefer to go out to this event that I didn't want to go to than to just spend time with me. Yeah, like, she's like, the answer should have been like, well, then I don't want to go to the event either. Let's stay home. Which, like, I feel like a good partner would be like that unless there's someone or something that you have to see at the event. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm, like, supposed to be meeting XYZ for, like, a business negotiation or we're going to talk about something or I'm trying to see my you know, side piece at this party. Why can't we just go? (laughs) But no, Um, I don't know. It's, I think we are seeing the storyline of the breakup of Dorinda and John this season. And I feel like I, we got, got a little bit more of like a, and guys, I don't know if this is true or not, but like, this is what I interpreted me and Matthew. So it's not just one of us. Um, So I could also blame it on him, but um. (laughs) We were listening to Bitch Sash, which is another podcast with, you know, Casey Rose Wilson, huge Bravo person. Um, She had Sonia Morgan on because they were just on Watch What Happens Live together recently. And Sonia said something to the lines of, yeah, we, you know, Dorinda's no longer with John and her daughter's moved out. So she's very lonely. But we already knew that. But we didn't know that. So I think Sonia has dropped that Dorinda and John are no longer together. And I think we are seeing the beginnings of this currently, like at these first couple episodes of the season, because we do see Dorinda storyline involves a lot of John. What's the story with John? Are you going to be staying with John? And she's saying yes, but her actions and those around her, including John are saying it's looking like a no. I mean, Ramona like casually dropped last week that John is cheating on Dorinda. Yeah. And Do like, who knows that? if that's true? I, I could see it, but I who knows? See it, but I take everything Ramona says with a grain of salt because that woman was also telling me that Mario was the most loyal and, uh, you know, hanky husband she's ever had. And look where that ended up. Um, well, we'll see what happens with them. But I do think that was an interesting it's an interesting scene that they put in, because as we know, producers don't just put in scenes to put in scenes. It's over. It, it connects to a larger story. Oh, yeah, um, so, of course. Um, so just be prepared, guys. If you guys are um, Jorinda or Don fans, uh, this <laughs> might be the end. John shows up to Sonya's fashion show. Yes. And Dorinda didn't know that he was going to be at Sonya's fashion show. So that goes to show the disconnect between those two. Yeah, she hadn't like talked to him for two days. It's very weird. It's super funky. Um, there's not really a relationship there anymore, it seems. Um and the energy uh, okay. between them was really off at the fashion show. 
they they just didn't seem like a couple. She's like, he's like, oh, you look really nice, and she's like, oh yeah, good to see you. <laughs> like they just seemed like it's acquaintances. Very, yeah, I feel like I feel like something happened, and they're not letting us know yet. Maybe. Um, but we'll see. Um, let's talk about this mess of the fashion show, though. Okay, Armin, <laughs> legendary. Okay, I have so many issues um first of the first and foremost is with sonia's team i i have sonia's number you know this i'm about to text this woman and say let me do your hiring for you because you need to have someone vet these freaking d- butt munching brown noses that you have working for you because none of these people knew what they were doing i can tell you that much none of them knew knew how to say anything to sonia except for yes you had that one guy who i think was leading the pack Oh, Sonia, just kissing her hand and telling her she's beautiful and is getting, okay, first of all, getting models from like a bunch of random agencies is a stupid idea. You get as many models as you can from one or two agencies so that if you have the problem that is this, hey, I don't have a model. You don't have to go, oh, do you have anyone else? Do you have anyone else? To like six different people, you go, okay, next. Do you have three more models on your lineup that we could we could switch in that would work in your roster? Yes, we have X, Y, and Z. Let's put them in for you. It makes it easy. Don't be an idiot. And another thing, when you are making seat names for people at a show, no matter where the show is, no matter who is doing the show, you print and type, you type and print these signs. You do not write with a pen with scribbly ass handwriting, Victoria Justice, or I don't even know who they're putting in front row, Ramona Singer (laughs) in scribbles. It looks like a kindergartner did it. And I get that she was stressed and I get that she let the, you know, this show at the reins of these barrel of monkeys that were trying to, you know, figure out how to do their first fashion show by watching America's Next Top Model season one. But like, I, my mind is blown. My mind is blown, Armin. I've, I've watched so many fashion shows that it, it makes me cringe. It makes my skin crawl to see this level of, of, I just don't know. It was just nothing. It just, she did the bare minimum. It's so funny that Sonia actually put on a worse show than she did five seasons ago. And the show that she put on five seasons ago was terrible, and you would expect some growth. But this show was markedly worse. I Armin, I would have much rather gone to Sheree's fashion show with no fashions <laughs> than, than Sonia's not fashion show with fashion. Like, but it's, what it's the vintage hell? Sonia. I loved it. It was great. It was a grand old time. I loved it. It was beautiful. Um, it was peak Sonia. It's just, you know, we talk about how Lou is delusional. Nobody's more delusional than Sonia. And like I I've know, said like this woman. twice this season, Sonia is leaning into her gray gardens. I mean, she's eccentric as hell, more eccentric than ever. She's in her own little world, and her world is Sonia. So she doesn't see anything outside of the world of Sonia. She doesn't see that the lights are off. She doesn't see that there is no music. No- she doesn't see that she's in the front row of a very prestigious fashion show while on her phone. And this is a show that lasts three minutes, as Ramona put it. took months to put together. and It's only three minutes of your time. You could put your phone away. But no, she has her phone out and she is texting away while everyone stares at her and gives her the stink eye. I mean, Sony doesn't know and Sony doesn't care. She's in her own little world. And in her world, she put together the best show. Just like she's on the best yachts, just like she has the best private island. And just like she gave Leah the best outfit. Um, yes! I, I want to talk about this outfit because if I would have received this outfit, personally, I would have done a Dorinda and I would have like 
styled it to make it look good because that's just kind of person I am. I would have been done it as a big, like, fuck you to Sony. I would have been like, I would have cut it. I would have styled. I, you know me, I make my own Coachella clothes. Um, maybe I should be on Project Runway. Do they have, do they allow staplers and hog glue? Um, yes. Famously. <laughs> that's all how, that's how I work. Good. That's my medium. Uh, but, uh, I, if I would have, I mean, yes, it's a cute, nice cashmere, sweat suit set like sweat set fantastic for quarantine if i want to rock that around the house i would right now i might even buy a pair you know buy a set for myself it looks comfy as hell it's under 250 ready to wear a cashmere for under 250 you won't find it anywhere else than sony by sony morgan that was an ad we did not get paid but it was um but to wear it to a fashion show and i loved how everyone that they walked down the aisle every photo they saw on Instagram oh that would have looked great on Leah Leah, that would have looked great on you like so many other options even the ones that Sonia had sent Ramona that Ramona wasn't wearing like she could have sent one over to Leah but no Leah had to have this like gray thing but I did love that she wore her own dress her own little Kim dress with like the mugshot was fire like she's cool as hell so here's my favorite part uh Leah confronts Sonia Beautiful, great, and mm-hmm. I feel like for the most part she's doing it for the cameras to give us a moment, right? Yeah, to give us a little confrontation, some beef, right? And in classic Sonia fashion, speaking of fashion, um, she grabs the pajamas and she puts it on right then and there. And Le- Leah's reaction to that is basically like I think how fans have approached Sonia for years, and like basically what we've been talking about all podcasts it's like how can you stay mad at sonia yeah like that's what leah literally says because she can be texting in the front row at a prestigious fashion show you know she could be doing all sorts of things that usually end up with that person being ostracized right but in the end like like we said she's shameless but she's also in on the joke in a a weird way Mm -hmm. she knows and like she, she is willing to be the butt of the joke as well. So in this moment, she puts on those great pajamas and she's strutting her stuff. And Leah's just laughing at this point. It's no, it's no thing anymore. And um, I have to say though, my favorite part about that whole scene was when Sonia comes out with the pajamas. Ramona's like, "You look like shit." It was so good, and I was like, "Ramona." It, it's it's such a Ramona move because Ramona's can be brutally honest. And then As Dorinda's response to it was like, oh, it's terrible. Well, it's it's just terrible for this scene, for this moment. Yeah. Because that's so I mean, Dorinda, too. Like, Dorinda's not going to call something terrible. Like, she's going to say, I mean, no, no, it's not good for this moment right now, but it's, it's good for maybe other situations. Like, that's such a Dorinda thing because she's so supportive of everyone, you know? Ugh. And that's the thing with Roni, man. It has this unique, uncanny ability to... To evolve from drama to pure comedy, from pure comedy to drama, yeah. um, you know, at the drop of a hat. And, it, and effortlessly. Effortlessly. It's it's really a, a unique, un, like, I would say unprecedented in reality TV. Like, they're, they're really doing something at a wavelength that nobody else has ever done before. Give, give Roni an Emmy is all I got to say. I think this is just another great episode in what's uh, been a great season so far. Did we mention it all, Eddie? I think we mentioned it all. I think we did full New York. If you guys want to hear us mention mention it all on all the rest of the shows that we talk about here on Hot and Bravo, make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. If you guys are on Instagram and Twitter, we are too. Duh. 
You can find us by searching at H-O-T-N-B-R-A-V-O-D. That's at Hot and Bravoed. And Armin, how can people find you? At Armin, M-A-H on Twitter. And I'm at Eddie underscore Estrada at Instagram and Twitter. And we will see you guys next time.